Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. I grew up like most kids, worried I couldn't bench two plates, that I wouldn't fit in, that I wouldn't find love. Then I discovered partying, and suddenly all those worries went to the wayside. I didn't need love. I had keg stands. I discovered I was great at raging, and it revealed wonderful things about myself. I could relate to bros regardless of what kind of bro they were. I could be at a party and moon people and everyone would laugh, you know, be witty. Or I could play beer pong and compete with real integrity. In short, I fulfilled my potential. The Nightcap on WGR Sports Radio 550. Howdy, Joe DiBiase here on the Nightcap on WGR Sports Radio 550, flying solo tonight. I'm going to talk a little Josh Rosen, Josh Allen. No, you're not listening to a replay of a show from three years ago, um, which would have sounded a lot different given that we are talking about the same subject, but... I mean, man, have three years gone by and had a starker difference between two prospects that were both in a significant conversation revolving that draft class. Today, if you didn't hear, Josh Rosen, former first-round quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals, who was once upon a time a favorite of mine to be the Bills' first-round selection. He's probably done. That's where we're at. He is probably done. That's really where I want to start off tonight's conversation. I want to get into some running back stuff. Devin Singletary versus Zach Moss. Singletary's Friday performance in the preseason. What it could mean for him. Deion Dawkins and the very scary story that he had today about his last couple of weeks going through about with COVID that hospitalized him for four days. But Josh Rosen cut by the San Francisco 49ers today. His fourth team in four years. He will be going to his fifth team if he even latches on anywhere. I think he probably will. I mean, how many guys get get gigs, right? Josh Johnson has been going round and round the league for 15 years. Lots of guys will get a million opportunities to sit on a bench before they ultimately decide it's over. This has happened fast for Josh Rosen, though. 
fast. Going back to that draft class, which was supposed to be one of the best quarterback draft classes in decades. He was, at the outset of that draft season, he was arguably the number one prospect. And most would have had him in their top three. Because Rosen checked a lot of the boxes. Josh Rosen was pinpoint accurate. Maybe the most accurate quarterback in that draft class. And no, it was not Josh Allen's arm. And no, it was not Lamar Jackson's arm. But Josh Rosen had a cannon for an arm. But why are we here three years later? Why is Allen an MVP caliber quarterback? Why is Lamar Jackson an MVP winning quarterback? Why is Baker Mayfield looking like a franchise quarterback? And why is Sam Darnold getting a legitimate second chance while Josh Rosen got 10 games and it was over and he was going to practice squads thereafter? Why have we arrived here? Rosen, and one thing that, as someone that wanted the Bills to get him, at the beginning of that draft season, I want the Bills were at 22 to start before all the trade-ups. I wanted them to move up from 22 to 2, where the New York Giants were picking, to draft Josh Rosen. But, what was short-sighted on my part, and many draft evaluators that year was what is the trend in the league. And maybe this is a more recent phenomenon. Maybe this has only taken off since that draft class. But look at the franchise quarterbacks around the sport right now, including Josh Allen. Who are the elites? They all kind of have similar traits. They all can make any throw on the field, big-armed quarterbacks, and they can move. They are mobile. They are rushing threats. They are threats to escape outside of the pocket. They do are not reliant on a strong offensive line to ensure that they can stand in the pocket and make every throw from there. That's not today's game. You need to have athletes, if not elite athletes, lined up under center and lined up in the shotgun. That is the new wave of franchise quarterbacks. How many Josh Allen types are succeeding around the league? Big-armed that can move and can move well. Mahomes is absolutely that quarterback. He does not run like Allen or Jackson, but he can run. He's got a 40-yard touchdown run that circles around highlight reels from a couple years ago. He makes throws on the run all the time that are incredible. Allen is that, of course, jumping over linebackers, outrunning safeties, running through defensive ends, scoring 25 rushing touchdowns in a three-year period. And throwing the ball all around the field. 
all over the field. Hyper athletic. Maybe the best, maybe the best athlete that position has ever seen. Lamar Jackson, as dynamic a runner at that position as we have ever seen. Rivals Michael Vick. Shiftiness, side-to-side movement with the ball in his hands, and my God, does Lamar Jackson not get enough credit for the arm strength that he has. That guy throws to wide receivers that get less open than any receiving group in football, and he still manages to throw the amount of touchdowns he throws and to throw at the efficiency in which he throws with probably the worst environment for a quarterback in the league to drop back to pass. A coordinator in... Why am I forgetting his name? I'm thinking Greg Cosell. Greg Roman. A coordinator in Greg Roman that simply does not know how to construct a passing offense and wide receivers that are big, that are slow, and that do not get open. Lamar Jackson has a cannon for an arm. And he has elite mobility. He's a different type of athlete than Josh Allen. Allen runs like Gronkowski. Jackson runs like Tyreek Hill and Christian McCaffrey. But he is that Allen type of quarterback. Even though it looks a little different, he can move and he can make any throw on the field wherever he is. Deshaun Watson is that style of quarterback. Kyler Murray, even though he's not big like Allen, is that style of quarterback. Can throw the ball over the mountains, can run around like Jackson can. Justin Herbert even. No, he's not Allen, Mahomes, Jackson as a runner. But he's got mobility. He can escape the pocket. You can't you can't let him, you can't le- play man coverage on him and not keep an eye on him. Because if he escapes the pocket, he can take off. He's not an elite athlete like these others, but he's got it. He's got that mobility. Look at the guys that were just drafted. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson. These, all of these guys. They, all of the up-and-coming franchise quarterbacks. And the guys that have already ascended to that status. They all have the same traits. That's the new age. Josh Rosen's. Josh Rosen's release today for the third time in three years for him released by the Cardinals released by the Dolphins the Buccaneers actually to be fair did not release him he was on their practice squad and the 49ers claimed him off of their practice squad so fourth team only three have cut him but his demise in the NFL signals the end of the statue pocket passer. It is a dying breed. Those guys do not exist anymore. At least they do not at the top of the sport. There are guys, there are stragglers, right? There's one straggler left over from the old guard because there were a lot of these guys that succeeded before. Tom Brady is still going. And it almost makes what he's doing currently at age 44 even more impressive. If there was another way to look at Tom Brady's career and even think it's more impressive than it's built up to be, it might be that. That not only has Brady transcended age, but Brady 
has transcended the statue quarterback's lifespan. He is the last one that is still playing at an elite level that is immobile. Look around the league. Who are the other guys like that? Kirk Cousins? You know, like, I'm not saying there aren't starting quarterbacks in the league that are statue pocket passers, but that's what you're looking at. Your Cousins, your Goffs, the two guys with Brady that are still going strong are probably Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford. Stafford, though, I almost don't want to put in here. Stafford is a lot more mobile than he's given credit for, so I'm actually going to take him out. But Matt Ryan would be that. Matt Ryan was that. But how old's he? 37? Phillip Rivers, he's gone. Drew Brees, he's gone. Peyton Manning, gone. Eli Manning, gone. That era of statued pocket-passing quarterbacks that ruled the sport forever, it's gone. It's going away. And 20 years ago, Josh Rosen probably would have been a great quarterback. He had all the traits that you needed 20 years ago. But in today's game, you got to have the athleticism. You have to have it. Or your guy is going to be middle of the pack at best. That's what's happening in New England right now, isn't it? Now, I've defended Mac Jones, the prospect. I think he can be a good starting quarterback in the league. But there is a difference to me between a good starting quarterback and a franchise quarterback. This was a big argument I used to get into people with Allen before he took that insane step forward last season. Was, what is your bar for a franchise quarterback? To me, it's got to be a guy that's capable of winning an MVP. And is capable of taking a team with holes on it and still winning the Super Bowl. A guy that does not need everything to be absolutely perfect around him to win. And to me, if you don't have that mobility, I'm finding very few examples of guys that can ascend to that franchise quarterback status. And I think Mac Jones, while probably, I think, going to be a good quarterback for the Patriots this year. I think he's better than Cam Newton right now. He is capped. Because of his athleticism. And to me, he does not have the ceiling that any of these other first-round quarterbacks had. Wilson, Lawrence, Lance, Fields, he doesn't have it. It doesn't mean he's going to be a bad player. It just means he can't transcend his team by himself. He needs everything around him to be perfect. That's what Josh Rosen was. And... The proof was in the pudding. Josh Rosen was drafted into a situation that was abysmal. They had a head coach in Steve Wilkes. Not Steve Wilkes. Who is Steve Wilkes? I don't, I don't, maybe that's, uh, am I thinking of Steve Wilkos? No, it is Steve Wilkes. It is Steve Wilkes. I don't know why I second-guessed myself there. Um, But anyways, he had no idea what he was doing in his one year as Cardinals head coach. They had an offensive coordinator in Mike McCoy that had the most manila-looking offense you've ever seen. They had no offensive line. They had one good receiving threat in an aged Larry Fitzgerald. They had a shot or injured running back in David Johnson behind Rosen. They had an awful defense. Nothing around him was working. And what happened? He 
he did not possess the athleticism to buy himself time on the long term. He couldn't make up for the faults of his team because he couldn't run away. He couldn't run. He was always faced with pressure. He never had open windows to throw into. And he did not possess the athleticism to overcome it. And that was, to me, the difference early on in their careers between Josh Allen and Josh Rosen. Because at the same time, Josh Allen did not have a lot to work with when he first entered the league. That offensive line for the Bills in 2018 was putrid. They were horrendous. They had just as bad a wide receiver core. The beginning of that year, Kelvin Benjamin and Andre Holmes? Are you kidding? But what happened? Why wasn't Allen horrible? Because he was able to buy himself time with his legs. He couldn't make the passing game work in year one because he didn't have the tools to be able to do it, so he took off running. And that bought him time. It made him look like an NFL quarterback when maybe he didn't have the passing game to be able to do it yet. Meanwhile, Rosen doesn't have that running ability. He's standing back there getting killed. And two years later, after the Cardinals draft Kyler Murray, I mean, now it's a death sentence, right? Once Murray's there and you're on to your next team for a second-round pick, that, by the way, Miami... Same situation as Arizona was the year before for Rosen. No offensive line. No wide receivers that get open. No offensive mind ahead of him that's making it easy for him to throw. No help whatsoever. He was not the type of quarterback that was going to be able to overcome those faults. But at the same time, because of what you're seeing happening in the league and in the sport, The reason I look back now and think, well, the real problem with drafting with the Josh Rosen idea was not even what's happened to him. Because I think I've outlined there's some pretty good reasons for why his career has gone the way it's gone. He's never been in a situation when he's on the field where he's been able to succeed, given what his skill sets are. But why... Allen over Rosen and why Jackson over Rosen should have been the plan all along for everybody three years ago was Rosen's ceiling was capped the same way Mac Jones's is. You just cannot play the position anymore at that high a level if you can't escape the pocket, if you can't make any throw on the field at any time, unless your name is Tom Brady. That's the only guy. He is the outlier currently going. And today signals not only it's a cell it's a it's I don't want to say it's a celebratory day for the Bills and for Bills fans because I don't I don't have any ill will towards Josh Rosen. What did he ever do? But it's a day where the Bills look really good. How could you look better? You were faced with a decision in that moment. Jackson, right, he did not it did not sound like that was ever a possibility for them. You could criticize them for that. He he should have been. He should have been for everybody. It's a joke. It's a flat out 
joke, even you could say it's embarrassing by the league that he went as late as he did. No foresight whatsoever to look past what he can do running and judge what he is as a passer. It's still happening to some extent. It's a little different for him because he he it's such a low volume passing offense in Baltimore. Like I just, I wish like he was in Arizona because he would be viewed so much differently. I think he can air it out all the time, but he just hasn't gotten a chance to. But anyways, back to the point. The Bills probably should have had Jackson in consideration, but it doesn't seem like they did. So what were they faced with when they were up to bat at the 7th overall pick? In that moment, for them, it was Josh Allen versus Josh Rosen. And I don't know how close it was. Maybe Rosen was just as little a consideration as Lamar Jackson was. Maybe it was no decision at all. Maybe they only had three guys they wanted. I mean, I'd be stunned given what I've heard and read that that it wouldn't have been Allen, Darnold, and Mayfields in some order, one, two, three on their board. Those were the three guys that were most commonly linked to the Bills. But... If they were deciding in that moment between Allen and Rosen, and we were all waiting to find out who they picked, we heard the word Josh come out of Roger Goodell's mouth. And how many of us wanted Rosen? But the Bills made the right call. Not just because it worked. They made the right call because they drafted a quarterback that had the elite superstar ceiling. And that ceiling has been realized. That ceiling has come to fruition. And now, you're a Super Bowl contender. And that's the difference. And that's why that pick, looking back, was a home run. Not just because it worked for Allen and it didn't for Rosen. Not just because one guy is an MVP candidate and the other guy's maybe out of the league. It's because if Allen succeeded, this is what you were going to be. Super Bowl contender. Heavy favorite to win your division. If you drafted Josh Rosen and it worked, and it probably would have. Right? Now, depending on what happened that first season, I think it would have worked. The Bills did as good a job as I've ever seen at surrounding your young quarterback with what he needs to develop to get the most out of him, and to succeed on the field. Surrounding him with bright offensive minds like Brian Dable and Ken Dorsey, and even the guys on the quarterback roster, Derek Anderson and Matt Barkley and Davis Webb, like just all of these guys, of this support infrastructure all around him. The offensive line they built. With Dawkins and Feliciano and paying Mitch Morris. He's good when he's on the field. Daryl Williams. They built an offensive line. And they got one of the best groups of separators in at wide receiver in the league. Together with Dable's scheme and Diggs Beasley, John Brown, Gabriel Davis, Sanders. These guys' ability to get open. It's the perfect environment for a young quarterback. So, I think Rosen would have succeeded here. I think he would have had time to throw. He would have had open windows to throw into. And he had the accuracy and the arm strength to be able to be 
to, to reach his ceiling with the Bills. I, I honestly think that. But what would Rosen's ceiling have been? I don't think it's this. I don't think it's MVP conversation. I don't think it's the Bills right neck and neck with the Chiefs as AFC favorites. I don't think it's they're an easy number one choice for the AFC East. I think it's, you know, probably they're pretty good. Playoff team. Maybe they get lucky. Win a couple of road games. Maybe they win the division. Maybe they're maybe they can crack the top ten in total offense. Not this juggernaut of an offense that they have led by Josh Allen. And to me, that's why, looking back, that pick is a home run. Not because it worked, but because they went chasing the big ceiling. The MVP quarterback, the superstar quarterback. They did not go for the guy that's being phased out of the league. They did not go for Kirk Cousins. They did not go for Derek Carr or Matt Ryan. They went for Mahomes. And they got some version of Patrick Mahomes. 8030550 is the phone number. If you've got a thought on Allen versus Rosen, I do want to talk a little bit about Devin Singletary and the status of the Bills' backfield. Um, Sal said today that he thinks Singletary's overtaking the backfield. I kind of want to explore what that means and kind of revisit what the end of last season looked like in the Bills' backfield. Also, Deion Dawkins, the COVID bout. I mean, how scary is that? We'll play a little bit of sound from him uh, coming back in the next couple of segments. And looking for your calls again at 803-0550. It is the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase. You're listening to WGR. Yeah, I mean, I think just recognition of defense. He's obviously got a lot of experience. I think he started 50-plus games in the league. He's seen so many different things. Obviously, being in the division that he was in, he faced some really good defenses, and obviously we're, we're playing those defenses in the preseason. But just having that knowledge of those D coordinators and being able to pass along different types of uh, tidbits of information, it's been very useful. And, uh, you know, I'm excited when the season starts because it's going to be extremely helpful. Josh Allen on Mitchell Trubisky, who gets an early revenge game opportunity against his old Chicago Bears. The Bears, by the way, I kind of wanted to talk about them today, but I guess I'll hold that off. But if you compare them to, like, the Rosen-Cardinals debate or Allen-The Bills, like, the environment around them, I think the Bears did a pretty decent job. I mean, they surrounded... What do they surround Trubisky with? He had a great defense, so he was not under pressure to score much more than 20 points a game. He had a very good number one wide receiver in Allen Robinson. He had pretty decent weapons around them. Tariq Cohen was a good pass-catching back. Anthony Miller was okay for them early on in his career. Darnell Mooney came on as a great rookie addition last year at wide receiver. Like they put some investment in there. They paid Jimmy Graham. He's older, but pass catching tight end, fine. They drafted Cole Komet in the second round as a tight end. Like they they tried to add. I think Robinson was maybe the only re- guy you could rely on play after play, but m- more of it is the defense, the offensive line, good weapons, a half decent coach in terms of scheming and Matt Nagy. And Trubisky was okay. He won. 
but he didn't thrive. And I I don't want to put all of it on him because at the same time, while I think the Bears did an okay job creating that infrastructure for Trubisky, I don't think they did a great job. They did not do a great job. Some of it was Trubisky. He's capped. He's limited. He is a lot more athletic than a Josh Rosen. He's not nearly as athletic as a Josh Allen. He's kind of one of those tween- those tweeners. You know, Ryan Tannehill is that. I think Matt Stafford is that. Herbert, to some extent, is that. Aaron Rodgers, maybe, at this point in his career, is that. Mayfield. Mayfield's good for that, too. Mayfield can scramble, but not really a threat to take off and run and kill you that way. So, all that to say what? I don't think Trubisky had the chops to be a franchise quarterback. I don't think he had it. The arm is just, it's not, it's not that impressive to me. I don't want to say he has a noodle arm, because I don't think that's, that's true. But, it's not one of these big arms that all of the new franchise quarterbacks have. Joe Burrow maybe would be another tweener, by the way. But anyways, Rosen, his demise, Allen, his, I mean, rocket transformation from average to MVP candidate. It is as stark a difference as you could possibly have for two guys that we spent half a year arguing about, one versus the other. 803 is the phone number. Jonathan and Alden, you're on the nightcap. What's up, Jonathan? Hey, Joe. Um, first of all, all Trubisky, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he was a fine backup. But back to Allen versus Rosen. I will admit I was one of the people who wanted Rosen because I was really concerned about Allen's accuracy issues. But he, I'll give him credit. They made me eat crow, and, I, and I'm really glad, glad it would turn out that way. I guess um, – and I guess – I mean, getting Stephon Diggs is really what put Josh Allen over the top. I mean, Allen before Diggs was okay, but then once he got we got Diggs, that's when he became an elite quarterback. So I guess it's kind of hard to predict sports. A few years ago, most Buffaloans thought that Jack Eichel was going to be the face of Buffalo and Allen was going to be a bust. But now um, Allen's the face of Buffalo, and Eichel looks like he's on the way out. Yeah, it's funny how that's happened. <laughs> we got billboards next to the arena about the Rangers getting Jack Eichel. Imagine if you told a Sabre fan that two, three years ago. Um, Allen did something that had never been done. And that's why I will never blame anybody for doubting that it could happen. That's human nature. Doubting something that's never happened will happen. I mean, come on. And I think everyone that wants to say they believed that Allen would improve, not improve, fix his accuracy issues. It was a blind belief. You didn't know how it was going to happen. You didn't have any examples to go off of. You you want you said you said it was going to happen because you're a Bills fan, because you love Josh Allen. But I didn't know. I didn't know either. I didn't know that it was out there, that Allen could go to a, a company to have his throwing motion digitally mapped. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that Josh Allen was going to change his throwing motion at age 24 after playing the position for a decade. 
None of us knew that was going to happen. It's credit to him. Not even all the way in the Bills' side for that. That's something he did. He went out and fixed his accuracy. And that's not Stephon Diggs. I, I don't accept that Stephon Diggs is what fixed Josh Allen's accuracy. It helped. No doubt about it. It helped. It maximized the improvement. But the improvement came from Josh. He fixed mechanical issues. He worked at it. Not just working at it hard, but working at it smart. He did it. He fixed it. And nobody, I mean, if you were, you know, dismissive, if like the, the people that wanted to make the parody of a prospect comments, and some like some go way too far with it. Those people, I got no problem with Bills fans dunking on them. One certain reporter in, in Miami comes to mind for that. But Allen did something that had never been done. No quarterback dramatically fixed their accuracy issues like he did. It had never happened. Not even just from college to the pros. Because that had happened. Matthew Stafford did it. He was like the only one. But at least I had one example. How about a guy that came into the league and for two years had the same accuracy issues he had in college? Then, poof. It's gone. I think you're trying too hard if you want to be mad at people that didn't believe that could be fixed, that that could happen. But, to some degree, the Bills must have thought that it was correctable. And now I wonder how that's going to go. Are other teams going to think that that's fixable? Because Allen did it, but only Allen's done it. And that makes it all the more impressive. He's done something no one else has done. He's got to continue to do it. But that's not something that sounds like to me we'll get that we'll see regression. The way you changed your throwing motion the way he did. Watch that drill that he did. It's been floating around social media. Allen, Trubisky, Davis Webb, they did this this like speed round, um, like throwing target game at practice the other day. And Allen, look at Allen next to Trubisky making the same pass. Allen is basically throwing sidearm now on a lot of his throws. It's like a little whip coming off the side of his body. Who knew that was going to happen? But that was part of what made that pick more a better idea than Rosen. What was Rosen? Rosen could, was there was nothing for him to fix to become this elite quarterback. He was polished. He already had pinpoint accuracy. He already had good arm strength. Josh Rosen's not going to go out there and get 10 times faster. He's not going to be able to make guys miss in open space, you know? He's not going to be able to make these crazy 40-50 yard throws on the run. His issues were not correctable. And even though we had never seen Allen uh, someone like Allen do it, it was at least, you know, I guess you could have assumed it was possible which you wouldn't do for the athleticism. The athleticism, you're born with that. That's it. End of story. And I wonder if other teams now will look at the Josh Allen example and they'll see past accuracy issues. They'll see past 
little flaws, even big flaws, in guys' games to, in order to chase that upside, to chase that superstar potential that Allen had, that Mahomes has, that Herbert had. I wonder where we're headed on that. Denver with Drew Locke. How many Josh Allen comparisons Drew Locke at last year? Kind of the same stuff. Well, he's got to fix the accuracy. Well, 99 times out of 100, it's not going to get corrected. That's what historical data tells you. That's what historical examples tell you. So I don't know. I'm kind of I guess I'm kind of flying in the face of my point, giving the Bills credit for going Allen over Rosen. Cuz did they bet on something that had never happened to happen? Or did they just think that they were going to be able to fix it? Did they think it was that easily correctable? I don't know. I don't know. They whatever they did, whatever they did, not just Allen with the digitally mapping thing cuz that's not the whole thing. That's not all of it. But the Bills with Dable and Dorsey and the receivers, Brandon Bean. You know, I said it last segment. They did a perfect job. They did a perfect job. 10 out of 10. You couldn't have done better. You gave him every chance to be a superstar. And he took it. And he ran with it and he did it. And for that to happen, you needed to have a guy in there that had the superstar potential. So, Allen would have done it. Rosen, he wouldn't have. He wasn't capable. Jackson would have done it. Jackson would have done it too. That needs to be said. Because he should have gone top 10. He absolutely should have gone top 10. If you were going to redraft, if you were going to redraft the 2018 draft class today, how does it go? Well, the Bills aren't getting their hands on a quarterback. They're going to have to trade up a lot higher. That like they, they can get their hands on a guy, but they're going to have to move up, right? Seven in a redraft is not getting it done. Allen's going first. You better believe it. Allen is going first to Cleveland in a 2018 redraft. Thank God that's not going to happen. But that's what would happen if it was in this make-believe hypothetical. Who would go second? Jackson. Jackson would go second. Talk about doubting a guy. I mean, I know Allen had no college offers. And if you look at the totality of Allen's story... He's absolutely been doubted more than Lamar Jackson. But just in their NFL lifespan, Allen, in a redraft, goes first instead of seventh. Jackson goes second instead of 32nd. Both of them. They're on another level, even than Mayfield. Mayfield probably goes third, though, in that redraft, right? To the Jets. Mayfield would go third. I don't know that... Would Darnold still go top 10? I don't know. Minka Fitzpatrick is on the board here. Hell, even Tremaine Edmonds. Calvin Ridley, great wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons. Derwin James. It would go quarterback 1, 2, 3, and then you'd have to wait a long time to get to Darnold. Rosen's probably undrafted. 803-0550 is the phone number. Last call on the nightcap. A little bit on Deion Dawkins and Devin Singletary. When we return, this is WGR. I don't know. I was just watching back some of the 2018 NFL draft in the in the break. A redraft conversation got me thinking. It's the nightcap. Last call. WGR. Joe DiBiase. 
I'll be back on for Bills and Bears coverage on Saturday. I'll have a few more nightcaps throughout the week before then. Uh, Sal made a comment today about the Bills' backfield. He said Devin Singletary is overtaking Zach Moss. Now, he even said himself that part of the reason that's happening is Zach Moss is down right now with a hamstring injury. I'm not buying it, personally. I'm going with the trend of last season and not a week of practice without Zach Moss in and one preseason game. I don't have a doubt about Devin Singletary's ability. That's that's always been the thing with me and Singletary is I think he's probably the best all-around running back on the Bills. Look at the advanced metrics. They love Singletary. One metric that's very good at measuring how great a running back is and how much he is contributing and not just running through open holes to the offensive line is is missed tackles forced per carry. How many tackles is a guy... How many broken tackles, essentially, is a guy creating per carry? And since 2017, Singletary is fourth. The Cleveland backs, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And I think the other one is Josh Jacobs in Vegas. That's it. He is as efficient a runner as there has been. But he just does not fit the offense at all. In any way. The Bills, the Singletary pick is very interesting. Because they nailed the talent. And for a third round running back, they got it. They got it right. He's good. But what they got wrong is that he just does not fit what they're doing. They thought he could be the scat back, the change of pace running back, the, the home run hitter. That's not Singletary. His size at 5'7 might make you think that that's what he is, but Singletary's perfect role is being a first and second down back on a run-heavy offense. That's Devin Singletary. That's what he's best at, running between the tackles. It's not lining him up out wide. It's not throwing it to him on screens. It's not, you know, using him as a passing option. It's not. So, what do you do? I think you got to go with the guy that's a better fit. I think Singletary's a better running back than Zach Moss. But Zach Moss fits this offense. said it a million times. This offense doesn't use running back. They don't throw it to him. They don't run it with him. They don't use him at the goal line. What's most important on this team for a running back is to pass block. It's cold hard truth. And who's the best pass block? Blocking back on this team. It's Zach Moss. And for a guy to go out there and catch passes when he has to, Singletary is one of the least efficient backs in the league at that. He stinks at it. He does. So, all that to say, I don't think it's Singletary's fault, and I'm glad he played well in the preseason on Friday. But take a look at what the Bills did early in that game against the Lions. It was Trubisky under center, turning around, handing off the football. Trubisky played a quarter 
and he attempted two passes. You think that's how the Bills are going to play come regular season time? Give me a break. Devin Singletary played on an offense on Friday night that will not exist in the regular season. So you want to know why he looked as good as he did? That's why. I am, even though he he's looking good in camp apparently, and he played well on Friday, I am closer to wanting him to be inactive on game days than I've ever been. And again, it's not his fault. He is just miscast. He is in an offense that is the polar opposite to fit his skills. And he has a a back next to him that is too similar. Hey, if the Bills had drafted some scat back instead of Zach Moss, some, some smaller speed back that can catch passes out of the backfield, I'd have a spot for Devin Singletary. He could be my first and second down back on this team. But because of Zach Moss's existence, I don't think Singletary can have a role that matters, that he'll be good at. And I'm also going to believe in the trend of last season over the last week and a half. It's not an accident that at the midpoint of last season, when Zach Moss returned to the field healthy, he played more than Devin Singletary. That's a fact. As a rookie, that happened. And one week to me does not undo three months of sample size from last season. So, rooting for Devin Singletary, I like the player, but I just don't think there's a fit. That's going to that's gonna be how I end tonight's show. Uh, that's going to do it. It's 8 o'clock. We're going to get you to some NASCAR talk coming up next. So, race fans, stay tuned. Uh, I will be back tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Um, so, until then, everybody enjoy your night, and we'll talk to you tomorrow at 7 here on the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase. This is WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.